Welcome to Res Talk, your source for the latest news, opinions, and training from top building performance, rating, and auditing experts. Here's your host, committed building science enthusiast and registered professional engineer, Bill Spohn. Welcome back to another episode of the Res Talk podcast. It's our goal at the Res Talk podcast to communicate late breaking news and thoughtful insights about the broad array of topics in the rapidly expanding world of residential energy ratings to the broad array of stakeholders in the ResNet ecosystem. As ResNet looks towards the future, significant efforts being placed in recruiting and retaining members of the broader ResNet community. There's no better way to do this than inviting people to the table. The ResNet Board has done this in a big way by creating the Emerging Leadership Council Fellowship Program. This deeply engages people new to the industry. So join us today as we chat with the three 2020 ELC Fellows, Aaron Hope, Rachel Lamantia, and Manion Shankel. Come on and listen to the each of these fellows as they share with us their background, experiences, and passion for their work. You listen for some common threads, and one that I heard was their unique responses and reactions to being named 2020 Fellows. They'll share with us the reflections and actions taken. So listen in. This is a really good episode with the 2020 ResNet Emerging Leadership Council Fellows. I'm going to ask each one of them to introduce themselves, give us a little snapshot of them personally, and we'll go in reverse alphabetic order. Please, Mannion, first. Hi, my name is Mannion. I am the Operations and Outreach Manager at Viridian, which is a green building nonprofit based in Richmond, Virginia. I've been working in the industry for almost five years now, and I've been a HERS Raider for three of those years. I studied urban planning at Virginia Commonwealth University and really kind of moved into this industry because I'm passionate about sustainability and the impacts that buildings have on the environment. Excellent. Next would be Rachel. Hello, my name is Rachel Lamantia. I am a quality assurance and training specialist for Energy Logic based in Berthoud, Colorado. I've been in the industry for about two and a half years. I started off as a reader assistant moved my way to Raider Field Inspector, and then became a certified HERS Raider. Now I'm in the position of a quality assurance, and then I also do some training for our new hires as well. I originally grew up in Arizona, and I decided to move to Colorado for the wonderful outdoor adventures that I get to do. And, and when I'm not doing energy ratings, I like to uh, go on hikes, go rock climbing, and just explore the Rocky Mountains here. That's pretty awesome. And last but not least, Aaron. Hi, my name is Aaron Hope, and I am in Raleigh, North Carolina presently. I work for Southern Energy Management. We are a company that does new construction ratings, and we also do rooftop solar for residential and small and medium commercial. And I have been with the company for about two and a half years. That's also the amount of time that I've been doing this, that I've been first an RFI and now a HERS Raider here in Raleigh, I am now leading a team of four. So I'm kind of having a couple of RFIs under my leadership. And I got into the industry just by happenstance. I was at a conference with Interfaith Power and Light here in North Carolina, and they were leading a seminar on church solar installation and the possibilities there. And I, I met someone who worked at Southern Energy Management in they told me all about what they do, and I was just intrigued. I had never heard of it before. Didn't really know that HERS Raiders existed, and we had no idea what they did. So 
I decided to take him out to lunch and try to learn more about it. And after hearing more about it, I said, that's something I definitely would be interested in giving a go. So the rest is history. Here I am. Here you are. So we'll continue a little bit, Aaron. It was your first time at the conference, I understand, this year, the ResNet conference in Scottsdale. Uh, What was your sort of overall experience with that? What was something you expected and something that was unexpected about that conference? It was my first time there, and I did not know what to expect at all. My colleagues did not do a good job of and In fact, I think they tried to keep most of what goes on um, kind of on the low so that I could kind of have the full experience on my own. So I think in my mind, in everyone's mind, you try to kind of go through what do you think it's going to happen? And you imagine, yes, yeah, probably going to be a keynote here or there, plus a couple of sessions here or there. What I didn't expect was just the embrace of the community around us, the ELC, the the new ELC awardees, but also just in general, I found that most of the people that were there for the first time were really connecting and finding kinship with folks who are around the country and maybe even outside of the country who came, coming together and really sharing the knowledge, sharing our experiences and just seeing smiles on everyone's faces every day. They get up and are excited about what we do. It was a breath of fresh air. I think that was what was most unexpected. Sounds like that's you brought that home with you too. I can still hear the sunshine in your voice. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so, yeah. So, Manion, tell us about your experience at the conference this year. Yeah, so it was my first year attending, and I had a great experience. Everyone was super welcoming. I was expecting to go to a lot of great sessions and learn from it. But yeah, I was definitely just went above my expectations as far as how welcoming everyone was and getting able to just meet different people. They're working all around the country. I think it's natural for people to end up working in silos and be doing very similar work, but in different parts of the country. And so it's great to be able to connect and really learn from each other. I remember one of the, I think, utility sponsors at the kind of introduction said that they believe in cooperation. And I thought that was just a really great way to put it is the more we can collaborate and learn and grow together. It's just very inspiring. So it was great to take that away and uh, bring that back to our organization in Virginia. Was there anything else from, let's say, a session or the experience that you brought back and say put into practice? It's been about three weeks, four weeks since the conference. I wouldn't say put into practice yet, just since it has been our busiest time of the year. But one of the session highlights for me was Habitat for Humanity International session. It was just really great to see the work that's happening around the country with that. Uh, Viridian's been partnered with Habitat for Humanity for over 10 years. And in that time, I believe, has certified over 400 homes. And it's great to see kind of the scale across the country that that's happening with Hearst ratings for Habitat Homes and to also see some of the new resources for builders that Habitat International is going to be launching in the next few months. Excellent. Rachel, tell us about your experience. So my overall experience at Resident 2020 was definitely more than I expected. I was warmly welcomed at the Resident cocktail reception where I finally got to meet Valerie, Leo, Emma, and Aaron and Mannion in person. So it was great to finally put faces to those names that I've been seeing you in emails or hearing those voices on RELC meetings. I presented on the first day of the conference. The presentation title was How to Clearly and Effectively Communicate Problem Areas to Superintendents. So at the end of the session, the audience asked a lot of questions, made comments, and gave feedback to 
my co-presenter, Nathan Carr, which really showed that the audience was engaged in the presentation. And for me personally, that marked that it went well. So it was a relief to have that done with on Monday. And then during the three days, I was able to attend a wide variety of sessions. I found the QAD roundtable and the ResNet remote QA protocol to be the most beneficial for me being a quality assurance specialist for Energy Logic. I found the enhanced capacity presentation on mechanical heating and cooling to be the most complex for me and not having much experience with mechanicals, but nonetheless, it was very informative and is kind of why I attended that session. From HUD to STUD, which was the same one that Mannion was talking about, that was really interesting for me. Same thing with the pre-manufactured housing session, a template for sustainable building also was very intriguing. That was a case study in Seattle. and. Overall, I just I had a really great experience at the conference, having both an equal balance of learning and fun. I got to meet many new people in the building industry and, and gain tons of knowledge. And I'm looking forward to attending these future conferences and really appreciate the opportunity that the Emerging Leaders Council has given me. I have a hunch that the companies you all work for are sort of different in size and scope and territory. Could you, and uh, we'll continue with Rachel right here, just give us an idea of sort of the size of your company and the territory you cover and, and the different roles that your company has, uh, Energy Logic. Yes. Yeah, so Energy Logic is based out of Berthoud, Colorado. So that's Northern Colorado. I'm actually located in Colorado Springs, so a little bit more Southern. And I was about six or eight months ago, I was located in Denver. So we really go all around Colorado uh, as far as our ratings go. I have the new position as quality assurance and that requires some travel. So we go to external rating companies and provide quality assurance services to them. So I've traveled to Omaha. I've traveled to Arizona, uh, just a few different places, Las Vegas so far in just my eight months in the position. So we're kind of nationwide. We're very active in a lot of the committees around building science. And we also have a software program, Dash, that we also provide to other rating companies. So we're, our company does a lot. <laughs> About how many people overall? Raiders, I would say it's kind of changing here and there. So probably around 30 raiders. And the company itself is probably around 60 people. 60 people. Great. Fantastic. So we'll jump to Aaron and tell us a little bit about the company you work for, some size, scope, activities. Yeah. So Southern Energy Management is what I would like to describe as a growing company. We're similar size to Energy Logic. I think we are up to about 30 raters as well. But given our company also does residential and small, medium commercial solar, we also have a substantial solar team. And in addition, we also have a multifamily unit that does uh, multifamily energy ratings and green certification. And I think that team has about five. And that team serves multifamily development around the country. They'll fly out and will subcontract work around the country and certify new development. And I think they're starting to dive into mixed use and also commercial buildings as well. For the residential side, we are mainly in North Carolina, in the cities of Raleigh, Durham, Charlotte, Wilmington, and then also in South Carolina, a little bit in Charleston. So I think we're kind of poised to grow. Overall, our company size is, I think we're getting close to about 100 people overall, including our core services team. And I wanted to give a shout out to Energy Logic as well, because they 
are one of our partners. We do use the Dash software and we love it. And uh, (laughs) I'm looking forward to uh, just continuing that partnership because it's been great. Awesome. There's some more synergy. (laughs) Great. Manion, tell us about your company's kind of size, scope, that kind of thing, please. Radiant is based out of Richmond, Virginia. We operate in Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. We have about 12 full-time folks in the office and then about eight HERS Raiders, who we call technical advisors, who live and work around the state. And so they travel to all the different projects that we work with. We do offer HERS ratings, but the bulk of our work tends to be uh, green building certifications like Energy Star, Earthcraft. Earthcraft tends to be kind of our bread and butter since it is regionally specific to the Southeast. We operate with those green building certification programs. We work with a lot of low-income housing tax credit projects, as well as Habitat for Humanity, and then custom home builders as well, certifying both residential and commercial. Outside of just their certifications, we also provide training and educational resources I guess more recently, we've partnered with the Southeast Energy Efficiency Alliance, SIA, to work on the DOE's Building Energy Code study that they're doing in multiple states. And so we worked on the field study in Virginia. And so probably the last six months or so, we've been hosting trainings to both report out on those studies, but also to train code officials and builders and architects and HVAC professionals on kind of increasing code changes and also just trying to get folks to just achieve what the current code currently is. From what I gather from all this is there's a lot of similarities between your organizations and, but also differences. But the, I think one of the similarities is that there's a multifaceted approach. So Manuel, let's continue with that. Are you able to experience some of these other areas? You seem to know them well, or at least be aware of them. Are you able to sort of rotate in your job role or have you done that over the course of your uh, five years? Yeah. My job role specifically is just a bit of everything. i in providing some high-level administrative and technical support to our programs and services. And so I kind of help support all the different certification programs that we're operating with, as well as help with events and marketing and communication. So I think that's one interesting part about working for a nonprofit is everybody wears a lot of hats and you get a kind of work in a little bit of everything. And so that's been really nice for me, especially not coming from a background in construction, to be able to continue to learn about the building science and then have to think through how do you communicate that to the general public that is not eating, breathing, sleeping building science like our staff usually is. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get it out of your heads. Exactly. And... As far as like our organizations and the similar work that we do, yeah, we definitely appreciate having those regional partners. I and mean, I actually did my HERS training out at Energy Logic probably three or four years ago now. What a tightly tied community we are. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Rachel, can you tell us how it felt when you found out about the fellowship? Or maybe were you surprised to receive the award? Or you just thought, I'll go ahead and do it. Did someone encourage you to apply? How did that go? Yes. Yeah, so I heard about the ResNet conference since I started at Energy Logic. Energy Logic has been very present in ResNet and attending all of the conferences. So it was always something I'd heard about and something that I'd always wanted to attend. I did go to school for building science. So I am a bit of a building science nerd. And the more I can learn is just always great. So I was hoping to attend the conference and I had entered a presentation topic, which ended up getting selected, which I was caught off guard by. 
So I um, was told by one of my managers that the ELC had a fellowship award. So I went ahead and applied and spent some time on my application, but wasn't setting my hopes too high to achieve it. And so when I found out, I was very excited, especially with the ResNet conference being in Arizona, where I am originally from. So it was great news all around. So you said you spent some time on the application. Sometimes when we write, when anyone writes, especially about something personal or something involved with in business, you discover something. Did you discover anything when you wrote your application? I discovered that a short video doesn't necessarily take just the amount of time that you are mm. on the video, but uh, <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of re-recording and saying your speech over and over. So I think that's what I learned from that. <laughs> a really good life experience in today's world of digital communication. Erin, please tell us about your experience with the application process, finding out you won and anything you learned by preparing the application. Yeah, I'd say my experience was very similar to Rachel's. I was very surprised to hear that I had received the fellowship, but it also just elated. I feel like I've been working very hard. And I think one of the things that I learned through the application process was just to take the time to reflect and kind of just go back through the journey. How did I get here? How did we get to this place? And having to, like Rachel said, do the prep work and really think about how you're going to present your story really gives you that time to really kind of be a little introspective and really think about it. And I think taking that time to share the story made me think about all the people who came before us and were a part of this industry and growing it to where it is now. And then also thinking about where it could be in the future. And that was, I think, what was exciting about the potential to join the Emerging Leaders Council was just that thinking about specifically one of the committees that I'm interested in is the one that's on retention and recruitment. And how do we grow the industry? How do we offer more pathways to people getting in? How do we expand the exposure so that people like me who had no idea that it existed are now thinking about it as an option for their career? And so that all wrapped up kind of was a whirlwind. And then actually going and being able to experience ResNet for myself was awesome. So yeah, I'm just, like Rachel said, just grateful for the opportunity. Fantastic. Manion, share with us the process of applying anything you learned and learning that you were awarded a fellowship. So I learned about the fellowship just through ResNet's emails about the conference. I've been wanting to attend the conference for a number of years and it just hasn't in the past had just not worked out for me to be able to attend. So I was very excited and pleasantly surprised to be selected as one of the fellows this year. I really enjoyed actually working on the application. I think it was just like a very reflective process for me to think through why am I working in this industry and where do I see the industry growing and how can I be a part of making those changes? A lot of my application focused on how can I continue my education and grow so that I'm able to support other women and just diversity in general in our industry. And I actually didn't tell anyone in my office that I was applying. I like waited until after I heard back. And so that just made it an even a bigger surprise for everyone, which was great. And I really enjoyed especially kind of the onboarding experience with joining the Emerging Leaders Council and seeing all the different task groups and collaboration happening there. I was definitely nervous with submitting my application since I 
don't get a ton of field and testing experience that I was nervous that that might somehow impact my application. And that was definitely one of the first things that Leo and I talked about when I was kind of getting onboarded for the council was that the work that we're doing, it's not just about HERS raiders that are working full-time as a HERS raider, that there's a lot of different types of jobs in this industry and a lot of different ways you can kind of move in between different things. And so to get to be a part of the visibility of showing that there are lots of different roles that you can fill in this and a HERS raider can look like a lot of different things. Absolutely. It's, it's not always technical. It's technically oriented, but not always technical. Exactly. Yeah. So I'll stick with you perhaps for a closing thought and either one that you'd like to share, or if nothing comes to mind, something that would be a future goal of yours for the industry or personally. Since it kind of overlaps, I am on the new Raider recruitment task group with the ELC and kind of future goals that I see there are just to support growing new Raiders and especially among women and people of color. So a personal goal for me would be to help develop resources that companies can access so they can know how to further support and what the actual like continuing education is needed for new folks joining the industry to really thrive. Awesome. Thank you. We'll switch over to Rachel and ask the same question, a closing thought or a future goal for either the organization or yourself. So I think my long-term goal is that I would like to one day be able to provide affordable yet energy-efficient, healthy, and resilient homes to underprivileged populations. At the moment, I feel like we have access to energy-efficient and healthy homes, but they aren't affordable. So I want everybody to be able to benefit from a healthy home. I also want to get more involved with green building programs such as Zero Energy Homes, LEED, and FIAS. And eventually, I would like to be able to use the knowledge that I've gained and build and live in my own off-grid house. So (laughs) that's more of a personal one. That's quite all right. (laughs) It's very relevant. Thank you. Aaron, can you share with us a closing thought and perhaps a future goal of yours or what you see for the industry? Yeah, I think Manion and Rachel both said it so well. We need to grow this industry. We need more people of color. We need more women in this industry. They have so much to offer. And I'm working towards seeing that happen. I'm also joining the Retention and Recruitment Committee with the ELC and am constantly trying to think about ways to make that happen. And also with what Rachel said, that one of my personal goals and why I decided to join Southern Energy Management was because I I saw an opportunity to expand access to healthy homes, to renewable and energy efficient homes that are healthy places for families to live. I do want to see more affordable and sustainable housing in this country and working towards that. So forgive me for picking backing off of off of those two, but they are right on it and I'm right there with them with that. And maybe we should get together as well to keep that going and kind of brainstorm this out, especially if that's long term for all three of us. Maybe we can see something happen there. And I think in addition to housing, I think about all the existing stock in terms of churches and schools, secondary schools and universities, K 
community colleges and municipal buildings that could benefit from energy efficiency practices. And right now in the Southeast, there isn't really much incentive for people to pay much mind to those things. So how do we kind of move beyond maybe building new and kind of getting into dealing with our existing stock as well. Uh, maybe there's a hers path for that, uh, potentially. I don't know. But that's something I would love to see and would love to be a part of making happen. Things are going to change in the industry over the next few years. So we're the ones who are maybe going to be hopefully pitching some of the ways we'd like to see things change and grow and evolve so that we can continue to do good work in this country and around our areas where we're stationed. And so we can see our neighbors have great wonderful places to live, work, and play. And that's it for me. Awesome. Thank you. I think the access that you have being in the ELC to the ResNet board and the staff is really something that you should take advantage of, treasure. There's a lot of things that can be done with that. And it's great that you all sort of share a common vision, at least in bulk here. And one thing I would encourage you to do, because you're all talking about retention, inviting people of color and women into the industry, just talk it up wherever you can. That's what I've been doing lately. Is it, And you'd just be very surprised after a few months where that little bit of knowledge you spread or that little bit of inspiration you spread, where it can go and the questions you'll get back from that. And I'm talking about outside of the community because that's what we want to do is really influence the world as a whole. So I'm on my soapbox a little bit and I'll step down for a second. <laughs> well, I want to thank all of you for uh, joining us here today on Res Talk to listen to what Rachel, Mannion, and Aaron have to say. And we want to thank them for joining us and congratulate them again on becoming ELC Fellows this year in 2020. And we look forward to seeing more great things from them in the future. And hopefully all of these future goals will be achieved and they will be the change agents that brought them about. Thank you, Aaron, Mannion, and Rachel. And hope you have a great day and thank you for listening to Res Talk. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for listening to this ResTalk podcast with the 2020 ResNet Emerging Leadership Council Fellows. If you're a pro in the building market, you'll want to surf on over to resnet.us forward slash professional to learn more to join the email list. And after listening today, if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to the podcast by typing ResTalk, R-E-S-T-A-L-K, into the search bar of your favorite podcast app. Here's a quote for today. Follow effective action with quiet reflection. From the quiet reflection will come even more effective action. I think that embodies the feelings of the ELC fellows, and that quote was by Peter Drucker. If you're interested in feeding back to Resna about what you heard today or would like to hear a new topic covered or just have a general question, please send an email to info at resnet.us. I want to thank you again for listening to the Res Talk podcast, and we look forward to having you join us again on the next Res Talk podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Res Talk podcast. This podcast is hosted by Bill Spohn and is a production of ResNet, the Residential Energy Services Network. The best way to listen to this podcast is to subscribe on an iPhone using the podcast app or on an Android device by downloading the Stitcher app and searching for ResTalk. If you are willing, a review on iTunes of the podcast app will help others find the show and would be very much appreciated. We look forward to talking again soon on ResTalk.